This week, we are diving into intimacy as the antidote and kryptonite for supremacy. Welcome to the Fierce Authenticity Podcast. I'm your hostess, Sharani M. Batak, and I teach you how to have amazing relationships by doing one simple thing, dismantling supremacy culture's internalized oppression and conditioning. Be sure that you've hit subscribe to the podcast and come on over and join me in my private newsletter community where I have a collection of specially curated tools to get you started. Simply visit www.sharanimbatuk.com slash connect to get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. We are nearing the end of season three. Gosh, I cannot believe it. Here we are approaching our two-year anniversary, our two-year birthday of the podcast in just a couple weeks, and we're winding down season three. Like, to me, this is just... Gosh, how do I say what this is? This is truly something that I had been dreaming and desiring for years and years before I actually finally allowed myself to give birth to this podcast. And the interesting thing is, you know, similar to the sanctuary, actually, where there's been this dream and this desire that's been on my heart. And I was just kind of percolating on it and percolating on it and percolating on it until that baby was gestating. And then finally, boom, she was ready to arrive. And The podcast was born in the same way that the sanctuary was born, and these are just such powerful and amazing offers to support you in your healing and in your recovery from the insidious disease that is supremacy culture's internalized conditioning on us. Things that show up as internalized patriarchy and racism and sexism and misogyny and ableism and all the other isms that are out there and how we just internalize them and then use them as ways that we continue to oppress ourselves. Because when the oppressor isn't out there, we end up doing it to ourselves. And and that's how the system continues to perpetuate itself because we do it to ourselves and then we do it to our loved ones. And so it really hasn't gone anywhere in the world. It's just changing form and continuing to be transmitted from person to person and therefore continues to create the world that's all fucked up that we see today. And I am seriously sitting here like, wow, two years? I am in disbelief and I will do an entire episode to celebrate the second birthday of the podcast, but I did just want to share the joy and excitement in my heart that, ah, two years, it is so close. And with that, I truly do hope that you have been enjoying the recent episodes where we're talking about more intimately 
about your nervous system and your relationships and how they show up and our inner relationships and strong woman syndrome and all of these other things. So today I want to speak with you about intimacy. And intimacy is so closely related to emotional intelligence and relational intelligence. And quite frankly, I do believe it is the basis for our relational intelligence. And I might even say that it definitely has a strong part of the foundation for emotional intelligence as well. And I'm just sitting here with a big, huge smile on my face because I remember how terrified I used to be of intimacy. And I'm not speaking about intimacy in that sexual kind of way, but I am talking about that very deep, deep level of knowing yourself and another person. And you know what I'm going to do right now? I am going to look up the definition of intimacy right now for you. We're doing it in live time right now. I am looking up the actual definition. So this is how Google (laughs) defines intimacy. Google defines intimacy as close familiarity or friendship. So a closeness or a private cozy atmosphere. And then, of course, there's the intimate act, especially of sexual intercourse. Ooh, I like this one from Merriam-Webster, a state marked by emotional closeness. Ooh, I really love that. And then the quality of suggesting closeness or warmth. Ooh. I like that one too. And then here's another one from dictionary.com. Close, familiar, usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. And I'm going to click on that because it says that there is a close association with or detailed knowledge or deep understanding of a place, subject, period of history, etc. I am going to add of ourselves and others to that as well. And I will stop. I will stop with the definitions of intimacy right there in terms of the dictionary definitions. And what I will share with you is the reason that I had that big grin is because it made me think of intimacy as defined by a mentor of mine once. And when I was terrified of letting people see me, and know me as who I actually am, who I truly am, me as my fiercely authentic self. Yeah, I used to be terrified of that, and I still have moments where I can go there again, but I was actively working a program around this, and my mentor in that program, she said to me, think of intimacy as into me you see. I was like, what? Into me, you see. And that to me is the most beautiful, beautiful definition of intimacy because it shows that warmth. And not even shows, but it just embodies that warmth, it embodies that closeness, it embodies that affection towards self or another. And it just feels so good. And I soften in my body when I think about it now, because 
the thing that supremacy wants us to do, so supremacy culture, here we go, supremacy's conditioning wants us to stay disconnected from ourselves, from source, from each other. And when we go into this space of disconnection, what ends up happening is we lose touch with our humanity and the humanity of the people around us, whether that be your partner, your children, your boss, or the barista at Starbucks, or the checker at the grocery store, right? We lose our connection with the humanity of us and the people around us. So to me, intimacy is truly the antidote. And I kind of want to say kryptonite. In the first version of my second book, I talk about it as as intimacy is supremacy's kryptonite because it is the thing that is going to truly get at the root of supremacy culture. Because if supremacy culture's goal is to keep us separate and disconnected and out of relationship with each other, it therefore wants us to not be intimate with each other. Because when we are intimate with each other, we truly allow ourselves to see others and be seen exactly as who we are, for who we are. And when we're in that space, then we are, again, just in touch with our humanity and the humanity of the people around us. And that requires us to be able to let another person into me, they see. And it also requires me to allow myself to look intimately and into me I see. So into me you see has been such a powerful thought for me to contemplate on and that's what I want to speak with you more about today. And there's this example coming up, this story, and Every single woman that I have ever worked with in my practice, whether that be as a therapist, which I am now in the process of retiring from, or as a coach or a workshop facilitator, and that is the putting up of that wall. I call it the Insta wall in my first book. I refer to it as the Insta wall because that's, and not the Instagram wall, but literally that wall that goes up in an instant. The moment we start to sense like the fear of closeness, the fear of being seen, the fear of being known, which by the way is a total mind trip because as humans, our deepest desire is to belong. And in order to belong, we have to allow ourselves to be seen, to be known. And so it really is a mindfuck because here we are as humans with the deep need for belonging, which requires us to be seen and to be received and to be understood. And yet intimacy, the into me you see, the thing that allows you to see me and to receive me and understand me is fucking terrifying. So this is the mind trip that supremacy culture has ingrained into us. The word embedded is coming in. Like this is one of the things supremacy culture has embedded into us that we can't allow ourselves to be intimate and to be in these intimate relationships with ourselves or with source or with another person because then 
there's a risk, there's a threat, like there's a danger that will come upon us. And then I want to take us back further for a moment. And as we connect with, well, what kind of danger or threat could possibly be related to intimacy and closeness? (sighs) Well, my friend, this is where I want to take you back to our relational wounds. I'm all of a sudden picturing a young child. And let's say that young child has created this masterpiece, right? This is their beautiful finger painting crayon all over the place. They have created this beautiful masterpiece. And let's say this child is you. So you have created this beautiful masterpiece and you want it to be known. You want it to be seen. And so you take this beautiful masterpiece that you have just created and you show it to the adult in your life, like the nearest adult in your life. Let's say it's a parent or a caregiver and And they just kind of dismiss it. My favorite one was, oh, you didn't color inside the lines. You need to color inside the lines. (laughs) Growing up in an immigrant family, a triple colonized immigrant family, that was definitely the thing I would hear. Oh, you painted outside the lines or you colored outside the lines. And next time do it inside the lines, right? Fully fucking dismissing this beautiful masterpiece that you created. So the story your brain and your body just created is the story that it is not safe for this part of you to be seen because this part of you was just judged and criticized and led to believe that you are not good enough unless you do X, Y, or Z. And so now what was this masterpiece that you were so excited to share with the world, so excited to share with the people in your life that you love, has now become this experience of shame where you just want to, and this is the toxic shame I'm speaking about, where you just want to retreat and curl up, like crumple up and close up and then not allow yourself to be seen. Or not allowing this part of you, this creative, dynamic part of you to be seen. And so now what you do is you stifle that part of you down. You shove it into the deep, dark inner reaches of your psyche and don't allow that part to be expressed. Don't allow that creativity and that brilliance to have an outlet. And so you don't allow other people. To see that part of you. You're not allowing that part of you to be seen. And so therefore you're not allowing that part of you to be known deeply and intimately. And because you now have an experience of toxic shame wrapped around it, you sure as hell are not going to let anyone else see it either. Because you suck, because you couldn't color inside the lines, and you need to do it better next time. And so this is just one example of how we shut ourselves down and wall ourselves off from allowing ourselves to be seen because we are so terrified that if I allow myself to be seen, then 
I will get shut down again. It's not safe for this part of me to be expressed. It's not safe for this part of me to be known. It is not safe for this part of me to be expressed in the world. And when anyone gets near that part, like let's say now I have started dappling again, right, into creativity and artwork. And let's say I've got this private notebook, a sketchbook where I'm starting to dapple with my creativity again. And let's say someone comes over and sees it there on my coffee table. And now if they're like, oh my gosh, Sharani, that is such a brilliant piece of art. I'm going to be like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, whatever. And I shut that notebook and I put up that Insta wall, shutting down that experience, that opportunity for connection, that opportunity to be deeply seen and known by this friend who has just come over and is impressed with my brilliance. They did not criticize the art I was dappling in. They were awed and mesmerized by it, but I didn't let myself receive it. I didn't allow myself to be seen because I shut that shit down. I shut the notebook, put it aside, took it to another room so that nobody else could see that part of me again. And this is just one example of how it shows up. Other ways that it shows up is, you know, if you were speaking your truth as a child and you were sharing an experience and you got shut down, well, you sure as heck aren't going to allow yourself to express your true thoughts and needs in your relationships. If you were smothered, in your relationships. And most of you tuning in most likely did not have the experience of being smothered in your relationship. You probably had the experience of the neglectful experience instead. But let's say you had experiences of being smothered in your relationships by your caregivers, okay? Well, now when you're in a relationship or a partnership with someone and they start to get really close to you, that is going to feel smothering and you're going to put your Insta wall up and shut that it down because it was terrifying to be smothered as a child growing up by whoever that caretaker or parent was. So these are just some of the ways that supremacy culture has shown up to create these wounds in our relationships so that we are not allowing ourselves to be deeply seen and received and understood. And then we walk around wondering why we feel so fucking disconnected and why we feel so lonely and unfulfilled. My friend, It is because this is how supremacy culture has programmed your brain, your body, and your nervous system to respond to intimacy and closeness. You have been programmed to put up walls and barriers because you have had experiences created by others who have had experiences, created by others who have had experiences, that it is not safe to be seen. And then, of course, if you are a person who has a body of color or a body of culture, so if you're a body who is brown or black or Asian or not (laughs) European or white passing, then 
at some point in your ancestry, and perhaps even today, depending on where you live, because we know for a lot of black and brown bodies, and now even today for Asian bodies, it is still unsafe to be seen because it will still get you raped, killed, murdered, beaten on the street. Like it will still do those things. So of course, you have these extra layers, both in your present reality and all of the experiences of your ancestors passed down. And when I say ancestors, doesn't have to be long lost relatives from hundreds of years ago, although that is where it began. But even your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents, all of those experiences of being seen were encoded as danger into the brain, the body, and the nervous system. And through the process of epigenetics or the science and research of epigenetics, we know that that alters the gene expression. So there is literally coding in your DNA that lets you know not safe to be seen. And so we go into that place of terror and we put up that wall. We put up these you know, I want to say boundaries, but they're not really boundaries because they're just rigid walls that look like boundaries because true boundaries are flexible and permeable and allow for us to still be connected while being protected. And that is a whole other topic of conversation. But for today, we don't allow ourselves and we don't even allow ourselves to be intimate with ourselves or to be intimate with our creator, God, goddess, higher power, source, universe, mother nature, the divine, however we want to call it, we don't allow ourselves intimacy with them either. And we don't allow intimacy with ourselves either because it is terrifying to open ourselves up to truly being seen, to truly being known, to truly being understood, to truly being received. And yet that is the very thing that we desire most. And that is the very thing that we crave as human beings. And that is the very thing that is essential to our survival because we are wired for connection. We're wired to, for community. We're wired for belonging. And supremacy culture knows that, which is why it has attempted to sever us from our relationships with ourselves, with source, and with others. And the ways that it has severed us or attempted to sever us from those relationships is by encoding into us that it is deadly, that it is dangerous, that it is a threat to allow ourselves to be seen, to allow ourselves to be understood, to allow ourselves to be received and experienced. (sighs) And I know this was a lot jam-packed into this little episode and it all just flowed through rapid fire. So I just want to take a moment to pause here and invite you to connect with what are you noticing when you think of the word intimacy and when you think of cultivating intimacy with yourself or intimacy with the divine source of something greater than you or intimacy with another person in that sense of truly allowing yourself to be seen into me you see 
and just noticing, does this feel terrifying? Does this feel like, oh my gosh, there's truth here? Does this feel like, oh my gosh, I want that? I want so deeply to be seen and heard and received and understood. And I want to be able to dismantle, uproot all of this crap that gets in the way of truly letting me be seen, heard, understood, felt, desired, all of those other good things. And at this point, you're not doing anything about it. You're not trying to change anything. You're simply noticing. You're simply observing. And then you're going to give yourself a choice, a conscious powerful choice. Do you want to keep denying yourself the experience of being seen and heard and understood? Of being received, of being loved for exactly who you are? Or are you going to let supremacy culture win by keeping these parts of you shut off and cut down? Or cut off and shut down? (laughs) And my friend, when you take the moment of pause to get present and notice what is happening, notice what pattern is arising for you, that is where you now get the power of conscious choice. This is where you now get to decide, am I going to participate in supremacy's conditioning? Am I going to participate being a cog in the system? Or am I going to allow myself to be intimate with myself, to be intimate with something greater than me, to be intimate with other people in my life so that I can be truly seen, heard, accepted, and belong exactly as I am. And if you want the latter, my friend, I invite you to learn more about the sanctuary, my in-depth nine-month signature coaching and mentorship program where you will not be the same woman that you walked in as by the time you walk out. You will experience a complete transformation because you will learn exactly how supremacy culture has programmed your brain and your body, how it shows up and triggers you, and how you can take your power back and unplug yourself from supremacy culture's mainframe machine so that you can show up as part of the solution, so that you can show up as your most fiercely fucking authentic self, so that you can show up and be seen and experience the love that you so truly deeply desire and deserve, not because you've had to do anything, but because you are here. You're alive. You're human. And that is the only requirement for your deservingness and your worthiness to allow yourself to be received. So if that sounds exciting to you, if that sounds like a hell yes, you're ready for that, or feel into your body and notice what it's telling you, if it feels like, yes, then check out the link in my bio. Come see if the sanctuary is right for you so that together we can continue dismantling internalized supremacy and changing the course of humanity.
And with that, I am out. Take really good care, my friend, and we will be together again soon. I want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge the amazing support team that helps make this podcast possible for you. Starting with Diego Velazquez, our podcast editor and the talented artist who created our custom music. Ana Olvina, my wonderful assistant who creates all of our beautiful graphics and the transcript of every episode, which you can find over at www.fierceauthenticity.com. Biana Sandich, who writes our amazing show notes and does it so well that I bet you couldn't tell it wasn't me. The talented Jillian at Epoxy Studios, whose photography is our cover art and pretty much every other curated image that you see of me on social media. My husband, who puts up with me when it's 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday night and I'm like, hey babe, I gotta record a podcast episode. Like, right now. Is that okay? My higher power, whose divine wisdom flows through me to bring these messages to you. And last but not least, I want to thank you, my listener, so much for listening in. If you'd like to join the podcast support team, some ways you can do so are by rating and reviewing the podcast, sharing it with everyone you know, and, if possible, making a financial contribution through the link in the show notes so that you, too, can be part of the team elevating this podcast and making it possible to bring to other listeners like you. I'm sending you so much love, and we will be together again soon.